This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 27th, 2012. Stretched power. Boy, I think I need that, a copy of that music for my uh, iPod. Yeah, that's what it is. As I'm walking, that'll really get me inspired. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that you've given us to be about your business, to worship and praise your name. Right now, Lord, help us settle in so that we might hear your word found in scripture, found in the book of Acts, that we might be changed and transformed by the power of your love. We pray this in your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. And so today we conclude this series in which we've been looking at being stretched. We're we're sure just because the series is over, though, that doesn't mean that your stretching is going to come to an end, but I guess there's always hope. Hang in there. So over the last few weeks, we've looked at how important it is, even when we're stretched, to first make God our priority, our priority. We've looked at the importance of prayer in our stretching. And then last week, Mike Osmond talked about perseverance, when we're feeling stretched to persevere. And we're grateful to Mike for sharing the word while we were away on vacation. One of the biggest challenges for each of us when we're being stretched is power. Power. You know, when we're stretched, we often feel like we're we're running on empty, that we're dragging, that we're out of steam, that our strength is gone. And uh, uh, when that happens, it can get very challenging when we feel like we're out of power. So it was about 11 years ago, and... uh The Holy Spirit really nudged us, spoke very clearly for us to uh, pull up roots of 24 years downstate and move here to start a church. Now, they did not give us how to start a church 101 in seminary. So we were really feeling kind of like a deer in the headlights kind of look, like, how do we do this? And when we came up here, you know, we looked at a sea of faces up at Cornerstone, and, and uh, we didn't know anybody, and we thought, wow, God, how does this work? I remember how the Holy Spirit gathered about 14 families together, and um, we were uh, meeting and greeting and getting to know one another, and we had said that we were going to start this church Christmas Eve. So here it was November. We started in um, July getting to know people. Here it was November. And it was just like being in an upper room. We were huddled at one of the homes of one of the 14 families. And worship was about six weeks away. And we did not know what was going to happen. Where we were even going to worship. Where we were going to (laughs) worship. It felt like a Holy Spirit rush descended upon that room because there was this, this urgency to say, we've got to get started. Somebody had identified this building, told the group that very day, and we needed to raise money. We had no chairs. We had no carpet. And so 
in a moment, 14 families wrote down what they could contribute by the end of the week. It wasn't over months. It was by the end of the week. $17,000 that day was committed and given. Guess how much money we needed to open that other side? $17,000. The Holy Spirit power was the one, was who got us through that day and who continues to lead us and we pray lead you. Holy Spirit power. We cannot do without it. Absolutely. We cannot do it on our own. And especially when we are stretched, when our steam is, is gone, when, when our strength is gone. We, um, where do we turn? Well, we turn to the Holy Spirit. We look in the scriptures and we see what it has to say about this. We're going to look at the, at the end of the book of Luke, uh, Luke 24, verses 45 through 48. Here, Jesus has resurrected. And he's already spent some time with the disciples, which we've talked about some weeks past here. But the time is getting close for him to ascend, for his, even his resurrected time on earth to be over, for him to ascend to heaven, to sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And so he's prepping the disciples for what's coming next. Luke 24, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago, that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Okay, so let's put this in a nutshell, what's going on here. Jesus is sharing with the disciples um, that uh, all the things that have happened and that they didn't just happen by chance, that they had been prophesied in Scripture long before they happened. And, and he also shares that what has happened will be shared with all the nations, beginning right there in Jerusalem. And, and, then, and then he kind of hints, he doesn't exactly say in this passage, but he will surely, but he kind of hints at this, that they're going to be the sharers. There, this small band of, of guys who've been traveling with him for three years, they're going to be the witnesses. They will be doing the sharing. Now, let me ask you something. Think about this. Um, you think you're a little stretched, right? Okay. Let's talk about stretched. The disciples. They've been through the ordeal of seeing their rabbi, their teacher, their leader, their savior, falsely accused, arrested, beaten beyond belief, and crucified until he suffocates and dies. They see that. And then they have the experience of the resurrection on Easter morning, and then some appearances right in a locked room later that day and that week. They, they, and then uh, he's been coming in and out of their lives for several weeks. And now he's telling them that he's leaving the ministry in their hands. And it's their job to take this thing worldwide, viral, if you will, basically by word of mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but if I put myself in their place, I'm feeling just a little bit stretched, aren't you? Just a little bit. I'm feeling drained. I'm feeling downright tired, and I haven't done anything yet. I'm just reading it, and I'm feeling drained. 
So that's where they were. But here's the key. Here's what Jesus says next. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power from heaven. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You see, that's the key. We shouldn't go and try to do any of the telling on our own, but it's the power from heaven. Jesus says, but wait for the Holy Spirit power from heaven. Mm, Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power. That's the power of God filling us, filling you, filling me with power from heaven, heavenly power, power beyond our imagination, power beyond anything we can even start to think about. Can you imagine? And you can't, can you? I can't. That kind of power. Uh, But, you know, with that kind of power, the Holy Spirit power, the power the Holy Spirit brings, this heavenly power, well, that's where that line in Scripture, with God all things are possible, That's what makes that a true statement, because with this Holy Spirit power, virtually all things are, say it with me, possible. Possible. And so we leave the book of Luke, (coughs) and we go to the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts. The full title is the Acts of the Apostles, and that makes sense because Luke wrote the book of Acts as well. It's kind of like Luke and Acts are bookends. They're parts one and two of a continuing story. And so in the beginning of Acts, it picks up where Luke leaves off. The part that we just quoted. Here's what we read in Acts. Acts chapter 1. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John was baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Sounds a lot like that Luke passage we just shared a few minutes ago, doesn't it? And it makes sense, because like I said, Luke wrote both that and this. But he then takes it a little bit further. Here's what he says. So when the apostles were with Jesus... They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They kept asking him, kept asking him. And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But, (laughs) and here it comes, but you will receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be, (laughs) you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. Wow. And so here we have it. Jesus tells them that they are going to tell the story, that they are are going to share the gospel, the good news, that they are going to be the witnesses here, there, 
and everywhere. But he says, you must not do this on your own power, that they must wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And why? Well, it doesn't exactly say this, but we know that if they tried to carry out that assignment on their own power, that they would be stretched beyond anything humanly possible, that they just couldn't do it. The only way that they would be able to do what Jesus commanded them to do would be to be with Holy Spirit power. Mm. Later on in this book, this book of Acts, we get to really see what happens when the Holy Spirit brings this power. That's one of my favorite stories in, in the New Testament. It's in the second chapter. It happens on, on a day called the Day of Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, originally, Pentecost was a holiday in the Jewish calendar celebrating the giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses 50 days after the exodus from Egypt. Penta means 50, so that's where that Pentecost comes from. That's the reason the passage we're going to read that it says they were all together in one place. <clears throat> the, the disciples were gathered, and it says people from all over the place were in Jerusalem celebrating. It's because it's Pentecost. They're all celebrating this special Jewish holiday. They're spe- celebrating a church holy day, so to speak. So listen to what happens <laughs> on this particular Pentecost, the day traditionally known as the birthday of the church. <laughs> On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Can you even begin to imagine? I mean, just think about this. Tongues of fire resting, coming down, appearing. That's that's big enough, right? And then these guys start speaking in language. These were common, ordinary guys. Some were fishermen. They weren't highly educated. They hadn't studied other languages. And yet the Holy Spirit empowers them to speak the languages of the people who are out there in the crowd so that they would understand this gospel message of Jesus Christ. Some people think it was speaking in tongues, but according to that, they were speaking in their... They were, in effect, speaking tongues. It was a language they didn't understand, but it was a known language. It was their own language that they were speaking, and those people understood. Isn't that just one of the wildest things you've ever heard? And... Um, it, it must have just been some kind of a day. It must have been just an awesome day. And all because of the power that the Holy Spirit brought that day. All because of Holy Spirit, absolutely incredible Holy Spirit power. Wow. And so Luke continues to tell us what happens. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. 
They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. Wow. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk. That's all. <laughs> Again, can you imagine? And I love that last line. <laughs> what was happening was so far from the ordinary, so far from what people expected, so far from everyday human behavior, what people would normally see, that some in the crowd could only contribute it to alcohol. <laughs> uh, but the truth was that the only explanation for it wasn't booze, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So here's the challenge for us today. Far too often in the church, we spend a lot of time talking about God, God the Father. We spend a lot of time talking about Jesus, the Christ, our Lord and Savior. But the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Trinity, three, try, three in one. God, Son, and Spirit. We really can't separate them out the way we often do. They are three in one. One with three different aspects. God the Creator. Son, the Savior, and Spirit, the one who is here for us today to fill us, to guide us, to convict us, the one who prays for us when we know not what to say, the one who, when we accept Christ in our heart as Lord and Savior, the one who comes and fills us, yet we aren't necessarily operating in that spirit realm at first. But as we grow closer and closer to Jesus, we understand this other aspect of Father, Son, which is spirit, who nudges us, who walks with us, who fills us, with the power to forgive, the power to show mercy, the power to receive, the power to go beyond our humanness and to keep on keeping on, to keep on praying, to keep on persevering. The one who speaks to us to say, uh-uh-uh, you're in dangerous territory here. Each one of us 
who has accepted God has the Holy Spirit power now to walk with us every step of the way. We're a United Methodist congregation, and the symbol that you see in front of many United Methodist churches is this. It's the cross and the flame. This is a very powerful symbol, actually, because it's the cross of Christ, but the flame that we spoke of in Acts chapter 2, that Holy Spirit flame, the one that, the power for each one of us. So when you see the cross and the flame, it's not just some, something that doesn't mean anything, but it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit power that is available to each one of us today, tomorrow, and always, especially the Holy Spirit power when we feel stretched beyond anything that we can humanly endure or walk through. The Holy Spirit power. Hmm. This symbol reminds us that even though we are, it reminds us that we're both Christ-centered and Holy Spirit-powered. Christ-centered, Holy Spirit. reminds us that when Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, that the Holy Spirit was there, came and filled the followers of Christ. It reminds us that this just didn't happen 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, but that it happens right here right now. You know, Holy Spirit power is incredible. This morning I had a devotional I was reading, and actually I, I'd been away from it for a few days. I said, man, I've got to read my devotion this morning. It was on this passage of Scripture, and it talked about a guy named Dwight Moody who years ago had a ministry in Chicago. And it was a huge, I mean, it was like the biggest church in Chicago and a large Sunday school, and he was rather satisfied with what the Lord was doing through him until two women in the congregation wanted to pray the Holy Spirit over him, pray for the Holy Spirit. And he was like, I don't get it. But then he was in New York for something, and he just, he just couldn't let this thing go. And what ended up happening was because of his Holy Spirit power, his ministry for the Lord expanded exponentially, not because of anything. He was doing like he said, I was preaching the same messages, in the same fashion, the same stuff. Nothing he did was any different. What changed was the Holy Spirit power uh, came in and kind of took over, and things just went, well, kind of like a, a Pentecost moment all over again. You know? It didn't just happen 2,000 years, but it happens with Dwight Moody. It happens today. It happens here. We, we get to see it all the time here at Connection Church. Now, it might not be 3,000 people coming to Christ in a day. Of course, that's always possible. But we get to see that Holy Spirit power here allowing people to do things that under their own power they would never dream of doing. Um, there's things that, that go way beyond what we think we're humanly capable of. It, it allows us, so to speak, to speak languages other than the language we know, to speak the language of Jesus, even though we haven't been greatly trained in that language, perhaps. It allows us to be able to be the new person in Christ because the Holy Spirit gives us the power it takes for that to happen. So what happens next 
on Pentecost, on that day of Pentecost in Scripture, is really pretty incredible. Peter goes on to quote the prophet Joel about God's pouring out the Holy Spirit on all people. Young men sing visions, old men dreaming dreams of a time when anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then Peter goes on to share the story of Jesus, how God sent him to bring miracles, signs, and wonders. He tells them how Jesus handed, was handed over to them and how Jesus was put on the cross to die. And then he tells them how God the Father made Jesus, whom they crucified, Lord and Christ. God made him Lord and Christ. Now that's Holy Spirit power. <laughs> that whole story, Holy Spirit power. This is the same Peter who not very long before was so terrified of what might happen to him that he denied even knowing who Jesus was the night Jesus was arrested. Now this same man is out there in the public square fearlessly witnessing to this crowd that it was they who crucified Jesus. And it was his words that cut to the heart of those who are listening so that then they asked, what can we do? What can we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and return to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to those far away all who have been called by the Lord our God. Mm. Scripture goes on to say that three th- about 3,000 that day accepted this message and were baptized. 3,000 people. Can you imagine? Well, if you think about the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not hard to imagine at all, is it? No. The Holy Spirit power is available today to each one of us. It gives us what we need to do what God calls us to do. It's not just in the doing, though. It's in the being. Being a daughter or a son of Jesus Christ when it's sometimes hard to do. Responding in love. Being able to repent, to turn away from our sins. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us that power, that allows us to be the hands and the feet and the voice and the ears of Jesus, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, that's right here, in Judea, that might be in uh, Newark or in Dover or in the state of Delaware, and Samaria, that's to the ends of the earth. You know, Samaria is even farther, and then to the ends of the earth. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to share the word of God. Mm. And how do we do that? Well, it's nothing magical. (laughs) It's prayer. It's being open. It's asking God to fill you with God's Holy Spirit, to be open to that, to seek that, 
to draw on that and to, for lack of a better word, expect that. Expect that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit as he did on that day of Pentecost. Be open. Can you imagine what it would be like if each of us truly opened ourselves up to the power of God's Holy Spirit? If, if we prayed to the Holy Spirit to empower us the way God wants us to be empowered, if we truly desire to be the God, all, all that God intends us to be, truly desire to do all that God calls us to do. Can you imagine? I mean, God's got this huge power. It's like saying, just plug in. Just take, plug into my power. I find that just incredible that the God of the cosmos would call us to plug in to his Holy Spirit power. But that's what he does so that we can be what God wants us to be. It's mind-boggling, isn't it, if you think about it? But it's possible. With prayer and patience. <laughs> See, patience is an important part because remember he said, wait until the, wait until, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Wait here in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes. Don't jump the gun. Be patient and pray. But if we do that, it is truly possible to tap into this Holy Spirit power that God makes available to us. Pray for it. Expect it. Be ready and accept it. Pray for it. Expect it. Be ready for it. Accept it. And so our challenge today is to to try this. Instead of saying, oh God, or dear Jesus, say, Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your love. Holy Spirit, guide my steps. Holy Spirit, help me. I'm feeling so stretched. Give me the power to do what you want me to do. Holy Spirit, fill my heart with patience. Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, heal me. Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your love. I pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.